Welcome to How We Got There. I am your host, Mike Davis, founder of Go-To-Market Guides. I interview thought leaders and founders in the Salesforce ecosystem to help ISVs learn new techniques to try and mistakes to avoid. This episode of How We Got There is brought to you by Epiphany. Epiphany is a leading product development outsourcer that has been helping app exchange partners architect, develop, and get their apps through the Salesforce security review since 2009. Epiphany is the only PDO funded by Salesforce Ventures, and its customers include Stripe, Slack, LinkedIn, DocuSign, and even Salesforce themselves. Visit epiphany.com, that's A-P-P-I-P-H-O-N-Y.com to learn more about how Epiphany can help your organization successfully launch your app on the Salesforce App Exchange today. All right. I am here with Mike Wolf, who is the SVP of Global ISB Partners at Salesforce. Welcome, Mike. Thank you, Mike. I'm pumped to be here. <laughs> we got the mics going. Yeah, so exactly. You, so you've been at Salesforce for nearly two decades now. You started out in the direct world, I guess. What what drew you towards the ISB world? That's right, Mike. I've been here for close to two decades. It's like a, a steam train rolling down the track, just holding on for dear life, right? Just continuing to have a, a fun time with it. Yeah, it's about three years ago now. To answer your specific question, about three years ago, I moved over from the direct sales world where I managed a number pretty much in every role possible across commercial sales, starting as an SDR, in, you know, uh, account executive, led first line, second line, third line type teams and moved over to the ISV world three years ago. And the reason I did that is a fewfold. So number one, when I think of things from a, from a career perspective, I ultimately want to be a CRO. And what I, what I realized was I have, while I have great direct sales experience, I, I didn't really have any broad understanding of how the indirect motion work. And this is an incredible opportunity to learn that motion to bring some of the best practices from the direct sales world into. So that's number one. Number two, what better part of the business or the industry than the app exchange to get connected with incredible entrepreneurs like yourself and others that I get to work with every day to learn from them, to see how they build and scale and grow organizations. So that uh, excited me, inspired me to make the move. Third, from a global perspective, the opportunity to run a global business and get a sense for how how we can have an impact across, across the globe and work with different founders and entrepreneurs and, and Fortune 500 companies to to help you know fill Salesforce's product green space. That's another reason why it was interesting to me. And then to say the the really interesting part about this role is that you know when when leading an ISV organization, you really touch every part of an organization. So. You know, our team interacts with our ventures team, our product team, our industry team, our direct sales, CSG, consulting partner group. It's really an exciting place to go and, and uh, just feel so fortunate to have now done this for three years and to have the opportunity to work with so many talented entrepreneurs and to really help try to help you know, everyone accomplish their uh, objectives. So that, that's what inspired me to make the move. I I love that. And you mentioned like you wanted to learn about from the direct sales to yeah. uh, the channel. Any any key learnings? I guess like what's what's a big difference between those two? Uh, I mean, I appreciate the question. I, and I think I, I do spend a lot of time thinking about that. You know, you know, when I go back to the direct sales world, how would I do my role differently? And knowing what I know now, I would do things a lot differently. Right. When I think about the power that a channel, that an indirect channel can drive uh, and help 
uh, amplified from a direct sales perspective, the increase in capacity, the increase in marketing, the increase in terms of, of helping get helping our team more, be more localized. Th- those are things that jump off the page to me in terms of lessons learned that I would immediately apply you know, when I'm back on the direct sales side. Nice. And last year, y'all relaunched the Trailblazer Partner Program for ISVs to improve transparency of of where you're at, whether it's Base, Ridge, Crest, or Summit. Yeah. And and a little bit leveled the playing field from my point of view as a partner and somebody who works with a lot of partners to remove the focus just from revenue and allow smaller partners to get access to more things. So overall, I, I like I love the direction. And with with a year under your belt, what's one thing you think you got right with it? I think we got right transparency because. I mean, you were very generous in the way you described it before. But here, here's the way you know it worked, and it was you know we roll out a new partner program every March, and partners would be aligned with the different tiers, and then the question would come in: Well, wait a second, why am I in this tier versus another? And if there was an escalation, you know what the the feedback was, Mike? It was, hey, call Mike Wolf or Woodson, or call Le- uh, Leila Seca or <laughs> Leslie Tom, and that's just not the way to build an, an equitable ecosystem. And so I think what we've got right is just the, the transparency of, of how we're uh, driving the Trailblazer score. Nice. And if if it, I agree, I mean, I think it's, it's great. And it's always important. I mean, every ISB, even though Mike's telling you to like, hey, it's not about who you know, like, it's still about who you know a little bit, but from a partner program perspective, removing that element is is a, a great change for for y'all. And yeah, uh, kind I of flip- sure, I agree. I mean, it's still, I mean, for all of us that are in sales and running businesses, networking is always going to be an aspect of this. But that shouldn't be the reason why you're put in a tier based upon who you know. It should be upon based upon the again the success across the different uh, areas of the business. Sorry about that. That's uh, life in the COVID era. There we go. Life in the COVID era. I love it. Yeah. Barking dogs. I ordered too much yeah. from Amazon, so that tends to yeah. bring them. So kind yeah. of the flip side of, of getting transparency absolutely right. What's one yeah. thing uh, in retrospect you wish you did differently? I still, I still think we're trying to figure out how to make more tech of our technology ISV ready and to also make the economics of that technology attractive to our partners. So that, that's still an item that, that we're still working towards addressing. And can you share like any, any sort of specifics around that? It's like the broader themes are on our, you know, Salesforce over the last several years has been very acquisitive and, you know, we've acquired a number of different types of, of, of companies. And, you know, I think about MuleSoft or Tableau as two examples. And, you know, when we made those acquisitions, many partners came to us and said, hey, how do I incorporate those technologies into uh, the businesses that we're building, the IP that we're building along with Salesforce? And that's something that we need to get better, better at as a company is to make that technology more readily available to our ISV partners. Love it. Love it. Yeah. And any any changes you're you're excited about for fiscal year 22? I think there's a few things. You know, over the last, you know, 10 months we we've all seen it just a dramatic change in, in in terms of how we need to market and sell. And so we we're you know, we're continuing to lean into that as well. So you'll continue to see, you know, our respective app exchange and ISV businesses lean into how we help how we get better at digital marketing, how we help our partners build demand in a digital way. 
So that's one area. Another big area is on the diversity and inclusion front. You know, we, we, you know, our, our partners are going to see that there is going to be a diversity and inclusion in the social aspect of the Trailblazer score rolled out this, this year. You know, that will be announced at PKO this year. The partner kickoff. Yeah, we're making investments in terms of increasing our PAM capacity to help our partners land revenue on a global basis. And then, you know, we're continuing to double down as a team of, you know, working with the incredible ecosystem that we have, as well as really trying to find the, the next generation of founders who want to who want to build a business on or around the Salesforce ecosystem. And so those are the areas that we're focused on from a from an FY22 perspective. Yeah. And with with time, everybody's had the, a lot of time at home this uh, this past past year, probably year plus yeah. at this point. And I, I, I do expect that there'll be many more ISBs that pop up in in this year, just given uh, extra space to think about ideas and launch new apps. So I'm hoping to see that this year happen, too. 100%. So what yeah, most- if any of you are listening and you have ideas of businesses you want to start, give us a call. We'd love to talk with you. <laughs> <laughs> awesome, love it. Yeah. Um, what are you most proud of from from your ISV team? I think the, the, the since I moved over to this organization three years ago, what we've uh, constantly been striving for is is empathy, and it's and, and accomplishing that through how do we put ourselves in the shoes of our partners? How do we help understand what our partners are going through and help them grow better? That's that's what I'm most proud of because I. I, I I feel like we've made the most headway there, you know, and you know, what I'm trying to think of the best way to say this is if, if our PAMs and if my team is only calling our partners, you know, asking for a forecast update, we've failed, right? Philosophically, I, you know, our team is all about how do we understand what we're trying to solve for and how do we get aligned on the inputs to drive the out, the outcomes, not just focusing on the outcome. So that's what I'm most, most proud about our, our team accomplishing. Yeah, I, I, I've been, I'm like the biggest fanboy of uh, Test Drive, just to call out a specific. I think the, the work that your team is doing around Test Drive and making in-app guidance available through Test Drive is yeah. an absolute game changer. And I, I, so, so few ISBs are taking, taking advantage of that kind of top of the funnel or a little bit down towards mid funnel tool that's provided. And I love the, the advancement that I saw with that. Right on. Thinking of your time here, and it's always tough to ask, but what's, what's been your biggest mistake from a programming perspective for ISBs? I don't, I don't know if I have one from a programming perspective. I think it's, I think it's more of, just the communication perspective. I think it's, you know, we're in this digital world where it's easy to slack people and, you know, it's easy to send an email response. And I think, you know, when I think to the mistakes that I've made over the last year, it's just pick up the phone, right? The phone is an incredible communication device. And a lot of times it can save you time and it can <laughs> more clearly articulate what you're trying to convey. And so that, that would be my, my feedback on it in terms of when I think of mistakes. <laughs> That's a good one. Yeah, it's just, I mean, everybody's everybody's pretty aligned in driving customer success, like in any given interaction. Mm-hmm. And so when you that's that's a great thing in life, but also in business is just like if you if you feel your blood pressure rising, like just just talk to a person like they're, they're yeah. on average, they're going to be great people. Totally. 
Well, you mentioned this a little bit around ISB engagement with PAMs. I don't know if you have any examples of an ISB PAM partnership that's going really well. And if you could share any advice for ISBs on on how best to engage with their PAM, whether it's how to help the PAM or like what the PAM realistically can help them with. Yeah, so I think I mean there are so many partners that I'm, that I'm proud of the way that we're doing work with. You know, one of them that comes to mind is I'm really proud of the way that our team has been engaging with DocuSign. And when I think about what we've done differently, how we've evolved that relationship, it's it comes back to alignment and communication. And for those of you who are familiar with the Salesforce, yeah, kind of the Salesforce mantra of, of the V2 Mom, right? The V2 Mom, which which is our you know alignment mechanism at Salesforce and it stands for vision and values and you know methods, obstacles and metrics. That that's you know, to drive alignment with a partner like DocuSign, to drive alignment with you know other partners, we we leverage this V2Mom approach. And I found it to be an incredible tool because it 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 sets clear expectations around what it is, what's the joint vision that we're trying to accomplish with this partnership. It establishes expectations around the joint values that we want to have together. And then it, it really clarifies where we're going to invest together, right? Are, are we going to align around product? How are we going to align around go to market together? How are we going to align from a marketing perspective? It, it just, it really clarifies what is and what isn't a priority. And then of course, there's clear metrics around what we're trying to accomplish. And the most successful partnerships that we have have that type of mechanism in place. And I find that it, it really is crucial to moving, to, to moving the relationship forward and to driving success. And so I would encourage all the ISVs that are on this call to, you know, to lean into that process and to, and to just be really clear in terms of, you know, of having a, a having alignment plan like the Beach Mom in place with us. Cause it, it, that is the secret sauce. There's, it's not rocket science. It literally is just alignment. Yeah, it and so it and just to clarify, it sounds like DocuSign's yeah. actually working on V two Mom with their Pam. Yeah, so I'm sorry I didn't clarify that or say it clearly enough. Yeah, so we have a joint V two Mom that we've created with DocuSign oh, around brilliant. again what the what the vision is for the partnership. Yeah, you know, what our joint values are as organizations of this partnership. What the methods are. You know, the obstacles and metric, me- metrics, how we're evaluating the success of it. And it's been extremely helpful. Uh, again, you think about two publicly traded companies, there's a lot of complexity there, but it's, it's helpful in terms of making sure that we're aligned at all levels of the organization, you know, from an executive level down to the lines of business around what success looks like and where we're investing together, our time together. And so that, that's, you know, that's an example, you know, with an organization, you know, publicly traded company like DocuSign, but that this V2Mom method is also an approach that we're leveraging for, yeah, you know, many partners who are, who, you know, either in the startup phase or uh, small business phase. So it's a tool that's just really critical to this, to the overall success of the partnership. It just goes back to one, answering one question and that's what do you want, right? When you think about what the V2Mom is, all it really is asking is what do you want? And if we're jointly investing time together, you know, from a from a partnership perspective, and we don't have clarity in terms of what we both want out of this partnership, then then it begs the question of what are we doing here, right? And and uh, again, the, the V2 Mom has just really helped drive success as a result of it. 
Yeah, I think we've got more to cover, but I think we can all pack yeah. up and go. That's that. That's the nugget right there. I love that. I've never done one of those with my Pam, and I'm going to adopt that. And if you're not familiar with V2 Mom, there's there's trailheads out there on yeah. it, so you can you can learn a little bit more. And what I would recommend, and Mike, if you agree, but I would recommend you starting to draft it solo and then engaging your pan to refine it because it removes that background of obviousness, like where something might be obvious to you, but like, let's actually get clarity on what we're trying to do here. Yes. I love that. It holds everyone accountable. Like you, when you get to the method phase and, and you know, let's say you have a, a method around product, that's great. You know, who, who on the partner side owns that and then who at Salesforce owns it. And then more importantly, you know, how are we going to measure the success around, you know, whatever that product method may be, right? If there's a partner that's trying to expand and you know, expand and align, you know, with this, with a certain cloud at Salesforce, you know, we'll, we'll call that out in the V2 mom and have a specific method that we're trying to accomplish with outcomes that help both parties and we'll hold ourselves accountable to executing upon it. And I'd say without having a V2 mom in place, you know, we've all been in meetings or in conversations where yeah, it's like Groundhog Day. You, you continue to have the same conversation, expecting things to change and nothing happens. And I found that the V2Mom really short circuits that whole cycle and just creates a much more focused and accountable approach that drives success. Absolutely. Absolutely. Right well, that covered that covered my next question about what every ISB should do this month because yeah. that is that is the tip of the day, uh, right there. That from I, I also I share one more thing. I've been i you know doing this role now for three years. I, I have been surprised by the varied responses I get from executives at our ISVs when I ask this simple question. And the question is, you know, I, I'd ask you, Mike. Uh, hey, Mike. You know, talk to me about what success looks like for your company over the next 12 months. And I find that the, the partners that are the most successful are, the, are able to answer that in a very specific way. And the partners or the businesses that maybe are struggling a little bit either answer it in a really tactical manner. Or they get right into the weeds on, hey, we're trying to you know, build a certain product with you know, certain features, which that's well, you know, okay. But that's not answering the overarching question of what do you view as success for your company? Big picture. What are you? Are you? Is there a certain growth objective you're trying to accomplish? Is there a certain profit margin? Is there is there something bigger picture that you're trying to accomplish as an organization? And that that's something you know that I'd also encourage everyone, all the executives on this call, is to really think about you know and 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 be specific with what does success look like for your company over the next twelve months? Because uh, truly, everything flows off that. Right, because it, it leads into, you know, if, if you're if you're trying to partner with a company like Salesforce or other technology companies out there, it, it that explains the why. It helps understand why that partnership is important and why you're investing in it. So I just wanted to also add that as well. Yeah, it's the rudder for for your year, yeah. and and there's a few different methodologies. We talked about V2 Mom. OKRs. Yeah. I've been a part of a leadership team that rolled out the traction methodology. And all of them just help, whichever one resonates with you as a as a founder or an executive listening, choose it and hold yourself accountable. I mean, even go to market guides. I have three company rocks for the year. Those are things that I am going to get done through some method. And it it just it, it because there's so many shiny objects to chase. And so it just keeps your rudder pointed in the right direction. 
Great. Mike, from your perspective, what are three things an alliances manager at an ISB should know that they that they might not know? I feel like I, sh- I should be asking you that question to share with our with our <laughs> ecosystem. But I'll, I'll share with you my point of view. <laughs> I'd love I'd love for you to, to, to gut check me on it. So I, I think the three things are communication, success, and segmentation. So when I think about communication, it's how how is the alliance manager interacting with the Salesforce team, right? And that's and there's different layers of that, right? There's the direct sales layer, there's the ISV layer, there's the product layer, right? What like what's what is what is the communication mechanism that you have in place to interact with those different entities? So that's one piece. Success is the second piece, and it's, it goes to uh, like how do we clearly communicate specific su- success stories that describe the challenge that your company or solution solves, how you solve it, and the impact. And I'd also say, most importantly, has a call to action on on who to contact at your company to engage. That that one's been interesting as well, how often that piece is left out. And then the last piece I mentioned before is segmentation. You know, a lot of times I, I get really nervous when I talk to partners who say that, oh, you know, when I ask them the question of, you know, help me understand you know, what part of the market you you successfully sell to. And they're like, oh, we sell to everybody. Every type of company is a great fit for us. And I, I can tell you that, that that's not true. And I know the most successful companies and partners are the ones that you know, ident- have a clear focus on specific segment, geography, and industry that they focus on. And that just really helps us point you in the right direction in terms of you know which sales teams we can align you with. But what, what do you think of those three, Mike? I love it. I'll take the last one first and just expand upon yeah. it. But yeah, you look at Encino. It's like, <laughs> the, the, what a what a massive success story. And if they would have said, even though if their app could work in other industries and could have applicability, like they wouldn't be a publicly traded company if they went after all of them, they just wouldn't. Yeah. And so that level of focus, and it doesn't preclude that. Uh, what I always get founders kind of I shouldn't say arguing, but debating with me on the on the importance of focus is is that their their app definitely can serve more than what we're focused on and and you shouldn't you shouldn't forget about those forever but do what you do really really well first right and then right. expand after that if if it's still interesting to you and so i think that that one's an important one and then yeah. the other the other thing I, I i think an isb alliances manager should know is just what what is important to the AEs that they're reaching out to to try to get connected with? And where where can they actually map to that? And what I mean by that is connect with your customers as an ISV. And if you're seeing that Experience Cloud Communities is typically sold in tandem with your app, you should be sharing that loudly because the AEs yeah. are going to care a ton about that because that's an important element of of what they can sell. So that's that's the one I would add to it. Yeah, it's a great point. Well, Mike, we're going to move into the final three rapid fire questions to to wrap okay. up. Ten second answers each. Are you ready to go? I'm ready. Let's do it. All right. Who is one company or person in the ecosystem that you track or follow? I follow a lot of people. I would encourage everyone to follow Melanie Fillet, who's the CEO at Speckit. 
Nice. What would you tell yourself day one of of working in the ecosystem? And you can take this as uh, when you started in direct or when you started in ISB world. I just said my advice would be know who you are and what you want to be. Awesome. And what gives you energy in your personal life? My family. Full stop. <laughs> Love it. Well, Mike, yeah. thank you so much for taking your t- uh, taking time today and sharing some insights with the ISB community. Mike, thank you for putting up with a barking eight-month-old micro mini golden doodle. Uh, really, <laughs> really appreciate the, the opportunity to, to chat with you and just grateful for the impact that you're having across the Salesforce uh, partner ecosystem as well. So thank you. Thank you. All right. Take care. Thank you for listening, and I hope you learned something from today's episode of How We Got There. If you enjoyed this episode, make sure to subscribe on iTunes and leave a review. I'll see you here next time.